On this episode of SSI Executive Conversations, Darwin meets with Trudy Estridge, Director of Regulatory Affairs of Spectral MD, to discuss her background and expertise in biomaterials, how clinic backgrounds has been beneficial, and why RA leaderships consider more opportunities for clinicians, and how her background has allowed growth in the area of AI. I am extremely excited to welcome Trudy Estridge onto the SSI Executive Conversations podcast. Uh, I, I have really enjoyed getting to know Trudy as a regulatory affairs professional and as a person. She's currently the Senior Director of Regulatory Affairs at Spectral MD. Trudy is a medical device, really an executive with a, a broad bandwidth of experience in regulatory, clinical, and is a biomaterials uh, subject matter expert has achieved commercial regulatory clearances and approvals in the United States, Europe, and Canada, has managed international submissions to secure regulatory approvals in Australia, New Zealand, Asia PAC, uh, the Middle East, as well as throughout South America. Uh, Additionally, she's got a, a complex background and experience in directing clinical research in the United States, as well as Europe, to support product approvals. So I'm really excited to have this conversation about the career in in regulatory affairs and her background to share it with our following. So thanks so much, Trudy, for being willing to share your time with us. You're welcome, Darwin. (laughs) So let's jump right in. I think that one of the areas that, that we've talked about is in terms of your scientific background and your, your expertise in biomaterials and how different materials kind of go together. So could you kind of share with us how that background's helped you in your regulatory career? Yeah, so when I went off to school, I had a, you know, maybe a, a one direction that wasn't exactly what I'm doing now. But I mm-hmm. went off to school because I, I wanted um, to develop devices that attached or were in some ways interfacing with the body. Mm. Um, I had gotten really keen on that from uh, watching the TV show, Six Million Dollar Man. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I really, you know, like that. And so um, I looked around uh, and tried to find a program and I found a program in, at Texas A&M in biomedical engineering. So I started off there, um, not really knowing what specialty I wanted to, to be as far as in biomedical engineer. Um, so, uh, and actually all of my degrees are in biomedical engineering. Yeah. And, um, and it's, I think the, the main thing that that career initially taught me was the environment that I was supposed to be designing things for. Okay. Um, you know, instead of like, you know, I wasn't looking at roads. I wasn't going to make a civil engineer, right? I was right. going to be designing things for the body. And so um, that is the, you know, the confines of what you work with in medical devices is, is it's either in or on the body or connected to the body in some way. So um, it gave me a foundation in that. And I think in engineering is a, a nice foundation for, me, you know, electrical, mechanical types. And you also have all the biology that comes into play. Um, I think the other thing that you get in biomedical engineering that's helpful is 
kind of the first semblance of knowledge of product development. Yeah. Um, where, you know, others, other, other engineerings aren't going to be so directed. So early on, you know, we talked about the FDA, we talked about um, working in projects and, and so I think all of that played into, into putting my foundational parts in, in place. I think going, so I have a PhD also. And so not all people that work in regulatory have um, higher level degrees. Um, I think right. the main thing that it gave me was the ability to work with um, very complicated types of systems and systems that might include other components like uh, drugs um, mm -hmm. or, you know, organic materials like collagen into them or portions of proteins into them. So that gave me more a foundation for that. I, I think that was one of the first things that I appreciated when, when you and I first started to get to know each other and understanding the complexity of your background. But you know, drug eluting stents and, and catheters. And uh, it's kind of funny, you were talking about the $6 million man, because I remember, uh, you know, sitting on the couch with my parents as, as, a, as a kid watching that. And uh, there's another superhero show, I'm not even going to mention it, I don't think I've ever told anybody, but uh, that was the first time my mom was a nurse, but just that first started making me want to be in the clinical area. I, I, I remember that. So, um, I, I, which kind of is a nice segue into my next question, but I, I believe having a clinical background can really bring great value to, you know, from several different angles. And I think it's helped me in this sort of second uh, career in my life in terms of this business and regulatory affairs is no exception. Can you kind of share your perspective on how your clinical background has benefited you and why regulatory leadership at companies might consider more opportunities for clinicians from a, from a crossover perspective in the industry? Yeah, so when I think back about my clinical experience, people might think it was just in the professional sense, right? Like mm -hmm. running clinical studies. But actually, my clinical experience started at a much, much younger age. And I think all of the clinical experience was helpful. So um, my grandmother was a surgical LVN. And so at a very young age, she would talk about surgery. And I wasn't, you know, I, I really liked it. I listened to her and, um, and really started to learn what she did and, and so forth. And because small town with a very small hospital, uh, my grandmother was able on off hours to take me into the surgical suites. Oh, nice. and, and so again, it kind of nudged you in that kind of direction. Later, um, in high school, I worked as a, an LVN. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I, I worked with LVNs at, uh, as a nurse's aide. But because I was working the night shift and I was in this really small rural hospital, I was getting to help them do all types of things that, you know, a n normal nurse's aide wouldn't get to do. Right. So again, it was kind of bringing in more of that. And then when I went to college, um, we had different courses that interfaced us with um, 
the clinical side. So, you know, we at certain times would have um, times where we would be going on, on what we call rounds with the doctors. So when they would see patients and, and we would, we would get to see what they were doing. And um, I, at that time I was at the university of Alabama at Birmingham and that school um, has a nursing school, um, a medical school, uh, uh, an optometry school, <laughs> and uh, a dental school. So, and I had teachers in different portions of them. And so at various times, we would be interfacing and seeing um, some portion of, of patients being seen, maybe just watching a surgery, you know. And, and so you were, again, getting a sense for the environment that the surgeons worked in and, and so forth. Um, and then, you know, obviously later as you started working, um, I was initially um, in preclinical research. And so I did a lot of, of work with doctors teaching how to do certain procedures. And then as we developed product, we would actually, I, I would be involved in training the surgeon. And at oh, their wow. So, and then later did you, on. Did Trudy, I, I, I ask you, when you first got to do that shadowing and, and got to do that support in the, in the facility, did that patient care piece and maybe some of the aspects, uh, the humanity aspects of that, did that come very natural to you or was it, were you a little squeamish at first? How, how was that for you? I don't think I was ever squeamish because <laughs> I had learned from my grandmother, um, okay. what, what went on and she would talk about these things and, you know, it never made me ill or squeamish or something. I, I do remember distinctly my father telling me when we were going to grandmother's for, for a, a meal that I was not to bring up anything about. <laughs> so the reason I asked you that my mom, you know, was a nurse. She ran a nursing home for a while. She did, she did pretty much every, clinical application of, of nursing, including psychological. And so I was in different clinical settings around, uh, you know, with her. But when I first got into respiratory school, I mean, it, I was good to go. But the first time I had to do an arterial blood gas or, you know, NT suctioning, I thought, I'm not going to make it. <laughs> I'm like, I don't think I could do this. Now, it didn't take me very long to, to kind of adjust to that. And then when we went through clinical trials, you know, the ER ambulance and the surgeries, it was, it was, I, th I found it fascinating, but I was just kind of, kind of curious about that. So then you were saying you, then you were actually getting to train the physicians on certain aspects of what you were doing. Yeah. So we had some sort of complicated products that required you to kind of do some assembly parts. And so we would have to train the surgeon and, um, and I, you know, I was involved at that. So we would go out, I would go out with the clinical team at the time and, you know, demonstrate the product and then train them on the, the product. And, and then later on, I was involved in overseeing clinical teams. Okay. Um, so it's not, I guess what I'm trying to, to say is that each one of those pieces helped me learn the clinical environment, right? Yeah. And um, so it doesn't always just happen at school. I guess that's what I'm trying. Doesn't just happen at school. Doesn't just happen on, on, on the job. Um, but I think it's really, really valuable 
that everyone involved in the development of medical device gets some exposure to clinical so yes. that they can understand the, 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 the issues that the nurses, you know, if it's being used in surgery, what they're facing. If it's not being in surgery and it's being in the ER, do you understand what that environment's like? So that you can do a better um, job about designing. So I, I, I fully support the doctors interfacing with us and and us interfacing with them in their environment so we can understand what they're what they're up against. I think that's really smart and I, I think that's I agree with you. I think that's correct. And there's a, a company that we're looking to partner with that's based out of Europe and had I had, had a recent dialogue with the CEO and we, and we that conversation was around uh, mission statement of the company, the value to patient populations. And really, you know, hiring people that fit the culture and that they're, you know, I'm big on personal why matching the company's culture because in terms of fit, how you can grow with a company and if you're not passionate about what you're doing. And uh, he had come in and in a short period of time really had to make some adjustments to their, to their culture. Uh, nobody had, they had a town hall meeting and they'd never had anybody that benefited from their product speak you know to the company and so he had a patient come in and do a presentation and it was really cool but that in the same way that you talk you know you're talking about that understanding of how it benefits people i think it enriches the perspective of the value that you're bringing which is is good for the ecosystem um okay so i kind of talked a little bit earlier about your diverse background and drug eluting stents drug eluting catheters. Uh, you've worked with some really unique, complex medical device products, uh, PMA uh, products, but the digital health and software as a medical device niche is a really growing area. I know you and I have talked about the investment in digital health, how wearable technologies are growing. But for you and with what Spectral MD does, they've got, uh, I'm really excited about their product in terms of artificial intelligence and analytics and how imaging can improve patient outcomes for wound care patients. But that's, that's kind of a, a newer pathway for your career. So when you think about kind of what you've done and then moving into this area um, with Spectral MD recently obtaining breakthrough designation status, maybe share your thoughts on how this new aspect, this new journey and this growing area where artificial intelligence is going to be extremely impactful you know, how that plays into your career path. Yeah. So when I look at jobs, I always am looking for a job that is going to help expand me a little bit. You know, it's going to build on what you already have, yeah. but expand you a little bit. Um, and um, with Spectral MD, um, their, their basic, you know, area that they're focusing on is in uh, burns and wound healing. And turns out that, you know, in order to do um, biomaterials, you have to learn a lot about wound healing yes. uh, in order to understand it. So, you know, it's building on that. Um, you also, I personally have an as affinity for, you know, technical gadgets and software and those kinds of things. So it kind of builds on, on that. Um, but it does, you know, stretch you because the, the new AI type of devices are are expanding the capability of, of what a device might be able to do for us. 
And so I see it as a, as a, a great, you know, growth period um, for not just my company, but other companies out there that are, that are interested in this area and, and are working to adapt technology to, to help us out in this area. So I definitely see that, you know, the, the market um, would appear, you know, from, from my novel area would appear that there will be more devices that we will um, use that will incorporate software, um, not only just software, but software as a medical device. Mm-hmm. You know, most of us are wearing probably, you know, one medical device, like a watch, I mean, a potential medical device, which is like a watch that maybe is monitoring, helping monitor our blood glucose. That's something that's out there. Um, We have uh, other pieces of software that are coming through that are monitoring our, our heart. And so it's not just something that the doctor gets, but the patient gets direct information about, um, you know, even e- even if you think about um, activity uh, software that tracking how many steps you take, you know, you can just think about, well, how could that be used in the future? So I think it's an exciting area. I do, too. And um, when, when you think about uh, I think diabetes is a, is a great example in general of how multiple companies have had good you know, products. And as we've moved from pumps and people having the ability to uh, measure their, you know, their blood glucose and look at what they need to do with insulin in a more efficient way versus blood sticks. But that entire area is really moving towards uh, kind of a, I kind of call it a Star Wars race between these different companies about really creating an experience where the, the, the patient and the caregiver can manage their experience more so than just what that product category is. And so I think that really ties in when you look at AI interoperability. Um, you certainly just mentioned some, some different products, but for Spectral MD, there is, you know, 30% of, of wounds are misproperly diagnosed, which obviously isn't good for the patient. And then in terms of wasted resources and, and labor costs and, and our hospital systems, uh, for me, I know we, you know, we talked about uh, your initial experience with tissue. Mine was in the burn unit, you know, managing a, a ventilator. So really indirect, I wasn't directly responsible for the wounds. But when you saw patients that didn't have wounds properly, and obviously it's a very challenging area. And then uh, in McKesson, later on in my career, you know, getting to deal with different types of decubitus wounds and wounds that don't heal, it's the second largest expense in in, uh, skilled nursing after falls. And so to have something that can take uh, analytics and artificial intelligence and imaging and give that bedside clinician in real time direction on, on how to treat that wound, I think it's pretty exciting where that uh, technology could go. For the video recording of this podcast, along with additional resources, make sure to find us on the web at shergsolutions.com and follow us on social media and LinkedIn at Shurig Solutions.